Welcome to the 11th Hour, a weekly podcast about Rancid. I am Brad Rose from Foxy Digitalis. And I'm Sam Mellencom from Debacle Records. And each week we pick a Rancid song and we talk about it and all our complicated feelings around Rancid. So this week was my pick and decided to go back to Outcome the Wolves and picked Lockstep and Gone. So, Lockstep and Gone was on And Out Come the Wolves, of course, which came out August 22nd, 1995. Written by Tim and Lars, produced by Jerry Finn. Uh, who did the mixing? We said this on the first episode and I already forgot. Oh, Andy Wallace came yeah, in and mixed it. Andy Wallace, the, that's right. The, the, the classic 90s, you know, any big album that was coming out in the 90s got yeah. mixed by Andy Wallace. Um, no video. Not a lot of live videos either. I mean, there were a couple, um, which I, kind of surprised me. This song feels like it could be... To be a total winner live. Yeah. yeah exactly. uh, although, you know, kind of the interesting thing, I don't know if you watched many of the live videos, but I felt like they didn't do a very good job. <laughs> like, well, I think it's... We'll get into it, but like, uh, I think it's a very breathless song, and the yeah. song structure is like the way it is so that they can even... like have a hope of doing it live like if you were bouncing around on stage for 45 minutes after oh, the song in the middle like just the the rhythm of the vocals like you know yeah. these smoking idiot kids you know what i mean like like right yeah kind of hard on them you know so yeah yeah but i yeah i have a question for you like talking about like just setting the stage on this okay. is like i don't remember if we've talked did you buy an outcome the wolves day and date were you a rancid fan already Yes. Yeah. Okay. So f- let's go was where I kind of came in. I remember it's funny. I don't, I don't remember the exact kind of history around this, but I had a couple friends in high school that we hung out all the time. We played a bunch of music together. We, um, well, we all almost got kicked out of school together. I mean, I did get, well, I didn't get kicked out of school. I was going to be kicked out of school and my parents withdrew me from school. Cause they were like, fuck them. They're not going to do this. <laughs> Um, but for, like, for some reason before like, Rancid was a thing we didn't think was cool. I don't know. Like in 93, 94, like, oh, whatever. And then for some reason, I, I think I bought Let Go, uh, Let, Let Go, Let's Go and kind of just sprung it on them. We were in the car. So one of, um, so this is my two buddies, John and Ryan. I haven't talked to Ryan in years, but John and I are still, we, we're we still in semi-regular touch. Um, but So Ryan was a couple years older than us, so he could drive and neither of us could drive. And I remember we were in his car and I like pulled out, put in Let's Go, not telling anybody what it was. And I remember everyone was like, what? Why? You're listening to Rancid? And then it was like, as it went, it was like, Oh man, this is kind of awesome, actually. Um, so th- then, by the time Outcome the Wolves came out, like we were, like we were still really into Rancid, but maybe getting on the backside of that a little bit, and um, 
and this song in particular, I remember when we when it, the first time we listened to it, that opening guitar riff, which is obviously like in hindsight now that I have more music knowledge than I did when I was fifteen or sixteen, is like very Clash, right? Yeah, but like, and the, I mean, well, I was like, we, our thing was like. Dude, they sound like the fucking Rolling Stones. I was about to say that exact it's, thing. Start it's, me up, right? <laughs> it is very Rolling Stones and ACDC. Like, we can't <laughs> bring those up, but, like, this is, like, kind of their most classic Rocky riff. But, yes, it's also very Clash, too. But Yeah, and, and so then our we used to have a million joke bands that when, I'm kind of glad I don't think I have a recording of this because and I would never share it with anybody but we we like had a joke song that was like I can't get no satisfaction from the wolves because we were making <laughs> fun of the title we thought was kind of ridiculous and and so yeah I don't know it, so that was yeah that's where I was in 95 I don't remember what I was I think that was when I was starting to get into really get into um shrimper and the mountain goats and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff so how it, old were you you were like I would have been, I would have just turned, no, I would have just turned 16 when this came out. So, um, and then I think it was January or February 95 is when I quote unquote dropped out of high school. So I, my, so I got my GD when I turned 16, which would have been in May of 95, but from, and then I started community college in August, I guess it would have been around the time this came out. Yeah. Um, but I mostly just hung out like. My friends would be at school. I would just hang out all day, like listen to music. That's when I, the like Foxy Digital was first started as a print, like Xerox zine. Um, and my parents just wow. kind of were like, whatever, you're not, you know, well, they didn't. And know is this, all this so. in, were you always in Tulsa? Yep. This is all, my parents have lived in the same house my entire life. They moved in six months before I was born and they still live there. So like, yeah, other than a year I lived in Seattle, like this is, this is where I've been. Crazy. And it's the funniest thing that you lived in Seattle, too. Because uh, <laughs> I'm from Seattle, right. for people to understand. Uh, so where were you in 95? Were you into Rancid at this? Because I know Life Won't Wait was, like, your big album. So Life Won't Wait was my big album because I think when I really doubled down on, like, loving Rancid, um, that was the one that was coming out. Mm. But I had been aware of Rancid for sure, you know, and probably mostly from Up on the Walls because I'm three or four years younger than you. Um and there was sort of this generation of people that taught me about music, like my older sister, some uh, young women that were a little older than me that I was, you know, desperately uh-huh. in love with these punk right. women that, you know, and Interesting. Uh, one of them very specifically was. And so part of becoming friends with her and sort of like pining for her was uh, getting into Rancid very heavily and then then deciding, oh, I love this. But, you know, having sort of been taught like oh here's let's go like i think that was like her record in my mind so i kind of uh, like oh that's yeah, not yeah. mine that's she has ownership these sort of thoughts that you have as a teenager are very strange but um absolutely uh and so i was pretty young i was in middle school obviously um when this came out and yeah i think i mostly just like experienced it via mtv right and um it wasn't two or three years later until like i really had I think I bought this one first, but it didn't hit the rotation as much. But I had gotten into sort of a lot of derivative stuff. Like the other big band for me when I was in that age range was I got to see a lot was uh, Suicide Machines, which oh, was wow. just like a hardcore band that played ska too, you know. Like and so like there's obviously some sort of and you know I was I was young enough that I don't feel super super embarrassed that I was listening to all the really bad, you know, ska pop 
you know, stuff and everything. Um, and I really can't. Oh yeah, and there was another woman. I really the the little two tone ska punker girls were really uh, a big part of this because I remember in middle school being kind of taught the waves of ska and like how things fit in and who's who. And I think maybe even that her name was Kelsey or something. I believe she kind of were, was my first real lesson in all that stuff. I was like obviously kind of getting into it, but she wanted to like show me, you know, like two tone right. like like specials and. I remember I had, you know, something with, like, what's the concert with, like, stiff little fingers that, like, it was, like, a compilation concert album thing that she just gave me on tape. And, it, you know, like, I remember that. And so, like, Rancid was kind of this inevitable thing, but it wasn't, like, my thing for a little while. It was, like, a ra- it just kind of permeated everything. Um, and there was some women that I, I, I'm sure I was pining for uh, who are a little older than me who were kind of my lessons towards Rancid. And, uh... And yeah, so Alka the Wolves has this like it, it was already like there. It was kind of this right. monolith that already existed. So I kind of didn't feel like I, I don't know. It, I didn't. Every time I listen to, it, I'm like, this is so good. <laughs> they're they're yeah. such at the height of good fun songwriting. They don't. They're not pushing themselves very hard. But I think lyrically, the interplay. This is such a good song for that. We, right. we can get back to is like they're just kind of at their height of it. They seem really excited to write songs together. Tim and Lars, that is. And even yeah. the whole harmony of the group, you know, like I think this is some of the best, all it, three or four of them group harmonies that are in a song, you know? Yeah. I mean, every, God, every, this record generally, but especially this song, it's so tight. Yeah. Like everything is, like you said, it's dialed in and the way, um, just yeah, the back and forth vocals. And then, um, I mean, the rhythm of it all. Yeah, and I like. I really like the lyrics too. I, you know, Mm -hmm. I think it's, you know, we've talked about songs. A lot of their songs, you know, don't really have much meaning, or they have a lot of meaning. Like I think this is more in the has, like it's. I think it's very much about you know growing up, um, shitty area. Yeah, right. Um, But God, there's so many like there's so many great lines in there there that. Um, like all the docks are quiet and there's no ships coming in is such a visual yeah like ah oh, it's I, yeah but yeah the and, lyrics are, are, are wild like the, how good they are for being such a simple thing and I think they're elevated too in that like they're being t- said to you they're passing the mic in this way that is so yeah like call and response there is a literal call and response at the beginning of the there's something wrong right you know um, but there's also this call and response of like they're, it's almost like two people's I wonder what the writing s- structure was on this song because it feels like they sat down and wrote it together but right. it comes off like almost like like here's my verse and here's your verse and like here's my verse and and also what is a verse and a chorus on this song because it's kind of just two chunks that yeah. they alternate between and then they're done it's like a two minute song and I was thinking about I said something about in my head about like oh the chorus and I'm like well which one's the chorus right. <laughs> that's a good point because I'd always I think I'd always thought of the Lars part one, like where it's just Lars is kind of the course, just because of the um, sort of catchiness of, and it's yeah, very, exactly. it, it's, it's that Lars thing, right? It's- it has this great thing where it starts. Structurally, it starts. It's one of the only rancid songs I can think of that starts with a guitar and no bass. Yeah, two guitars and no bass, 
and then he kind of has this like pickup note and when he gets when they get into the there's a fire on the corner part and it's really cool that it takes a little bit to come in i think that's where it comes in but um and you know just like everything in this era it was just like a real like feast of matt you know not over performing but being right. just incredible on the on the breakdown you know um but it's got this really cool structure of it starts as this like kind of swinging uh rolling stones acdc kind of halftime this like you know mm-hmm. kind of like like kind of laid back classic rock sort of right. strutty strut thing but they only let you have one verse of that before they it double just, time it right <laughs> And then they double time it, and it gets this great because I mean this is a technique that every pop bands have used for the beginning of time, but it's really well done here, where it like goes instead of it was really all the all the lyrics are on the beat, but the beat is really laid back at first. Mm-hmm. But then when it gets to the, there's fire on the corner, it's never gonna stop part. It's like very like there's a fire on the corner, and it's never right. gonna you know, and it, and it creates this. Uh, falling over each other sort of feel like where that that verse like almost comes in faster. And because on top of that, there, there's there's a fire on the corner, and then somebody else says it's never going to stop. I, I forget, you know, like it's they're they're, it's almost like it would be impossible to sing that those verses because they're so on the beat and like relentless, that like. Well, I think they that's have where you, to trade it back and forth, right? Well, but so you think I think it's all Lars. You don't think you think someone else is singing it's never going to stop? See, I just think it's all Lars. Um, like, am I just combining it? Because there I, is the call and response part, right? Like the right, same part does call and response. Right, yeah, like the end isn't here, there's something wrong. Like that's Tim, and then I think it's Lars and Matt, and then Tim, Lars and Matt. But then I, when the, there's a fire on the corner, that part of the song is just Lars. You're when, right, but to do something, like like either it's different cuts are coming in, because some of the texture... Yeah, are, well, and I think if you ever watch the live things, Lars, and Lars, who's like one of the... I mean, he is such a good performer. He is always yep. just... He really struggles with this. Yeah, because it's just that... How do you... He didn't it, build any breaths into this song. You know, it's like... And and it's percussive, too. It's not even like right. they're singing a long note. They're going... Bah, 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 and it's just like... Holy shit. Like, and, it, and it comes off as still like kind of a mid-tempo song. But because they're swapping back and forth between that halftime, double time, yeah. whatever... It, it creates such a cool ratcheting effect... It's like, you know those things where, like, the notes sound like they're going up forever? Yeah. This song sounds like it's speeding up forever, but it's really going nowhere. Like, right. And it's that's just true. Because, that, it, like, I, sorry. I'm well, and, and, no, and I think that's, and, and, I mean, not to keep going back to the live thing, but I think that I think that's one of the things that's probably really hard doing this live because it feels like it's getting faster, so you start playing faster, and then it gets totally impossible. Like, because if you put this even at, you know, I don't know, just a little bit faster because it's already hard. Well, I mean, like, like, yeah, especially those double time parts and all that bass stuff that happens in the bridge, you know, like it would be, Matt would be like, what are you doing to me? Uh, (laughs) And then there's also this intensity to the song. Like they're, it's almost like they're one upping each other in sort of rawness of, it is like this boiling. I mean, the song kind of has this boiling frustration tone. Yeah. Right. And the song, it does such a good job of like ratcheting that tension and kind of that like swagger, right? Like that kind of like I'm out of here swagger of that the song is trying to talk about, and it's like uh, some of those lyrics. It's it's one of those alchemy where it's like the lyrics plus the um, the tone the tone of the song, the, the 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 ratcheting feeling of the song, and then they just kind of let it like let go in that amazing bridge, 
kind of everything's call and response to this. It feels like the baseline does this little call and response mm-hmm. thing with um with the guitars. They kind of do the stop go thing, which is really funny that he literally says stop and go. Um, right. <laughs> it's right. very Tim Tim sort of directing them sort of thing. Yeah, and that's kind of interesting. Too. I was watching some interview, or I don't know if I was watching it or reading. I think it was. I can't remember, but it was an interview with Lars. Who the, all the interviews are always with Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really interesting. He was talking about Tim and like why, like you know how he is the leader of the band, and like how he like his ideas. He he knows like he's always many steps ahead and he talked you know he talked about on let's go where it was tim's idea like nihilism is going first we're putting you like you're the new guy you're going right out front from the beginning um and and you know and he was taught and so it makes you know we're talking about writing this song and i i want i it's more of a general question but i think it really is applicable to this song is just what their songwriting process must be like because I know. I mean, Lars is obviously a really good songwriter. Like, I'm not. I, I have a lot of affection for Lars, actually. But like, Tim, it's obviously Tim is the. You know. Yeah, you wonder how much veto power he has, or or can yeah. you, like manipulate him to go in a direction he more wants. Like, and I don't mean that in a totally creepy way. I just mean like how you do when in a creative endeavor, right. where you kind of slide things more towards. I was thinking we'll go this way, you know. Um, it, it, it seems really hard, like, just from, like, my experience of songwriting and stuff, the, how, like, almost precise this is and how just everything fits into place so well. If to, and, if, if, and if they are, you know, truly, like, equally doing this together, that's super impressive to me. I mean, the, the alchemy between them is yeah. real. It's just how much yeah. is it driven by one or the other and because you're exactly right this song you can't write it like it is this is one of those true like the two of them and i i don't yeah. feel like there's oh, a lot of these outside it feels like an outcome the wolves this is kind of the peak of that absolutely of, like the really split sort of writing like, it's like, it's funny when i was yeah when i was trying to think of a song i was going to pick for this week and i i, I knew i wanted to do something from outcome the wolves and i kept thinking like all the ones I kept thinking of, I was like, well, you know, I did, we did disorder and disarray. And I picked that cause it's this very like Tim and Lars doing what they do best kind of thing. And every idea I was like, well, I don't want to pick this cause that's that. I don't want to, I was like, oh, well fuck it. They're like all of the songs I want to pick off of outcome, the wolves, all of outcome, the wolves basically <laughs> is, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's both of them kind of, at least in this mode at their peak. Like I could make an argument that I feel like Tim's best album is Rancid 2000, but like when where Rancid feels, I mean it's not 50 50 because I don't want to take away from Matt and uh, Brett, but like when it feels like there's like a more equal Tim Lars thing, like this, yeah, this is the album where they're both very present. They're like tempering each other or adding yeah. to it. It seems like, yeah, it's it's just a uh, there's not. It's funny, we've been picking a lot of these, like, um, for the most part, you have this history of picking, these, like, a lot of their biggest, most anthemic yeah. rock songs, you know? And right. uh, there's, it must be where we, you know, the, a lot of our joy comes from them, uh, obviously, on these sort of, like, very forward-moving, you know, blood yeah. clot and let well, me know. And, and, and we talked about in one of the episodes how we uh, we both have this sort of proclivity towards, like, anthemic 
Oh yeah. Like, and, and 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 when they and they're really good at doing that. But this isn't that at all, right? Like to me, I think it's got. I think it's like half that. That's what's yeah. so good about it. It's yeah. like what the the you know this is this two part song and the that they interdisperse between the two things and one of them kind of makes you feel like yeah this is this big arena rock song and then it does that propulsive like lean forward for a court for a measure and then it comes back and then right you know so and, and i don't know it still kind of has that vibe that big you know it, it deserves to be on a big stage vibe like it would probably resonate more than in a basement you know the way you know yeah uh, especially that 2000 does especially like that outro just tim's like <laughs> there's a whole lot of nothing like over and over yeah oh man that um i don't have a lot to say about it but um yeah. i love it's like i almost want you to put in here just the bridge and the call and response like the little instrumental part of this song because it's so it's worth it like appreciating like how they just have this ability to drop into here matt go nuts and we'll all play around you you know what i mean like that like yeah. There's, there's more heavy versions of that, uh, you know, all throughout the, the discography. But this is a great example of you just get like 20 seconds of awesome Matt soloing, you know, in the middle of this other song that would have been great without it. But it adds a lot of it gives us like this weird breathing room almost, you know, before they yeah. come in for the end where that really becomes like you said, like he's just keeps hammering the end and right. it kind of ends on that like nice ringing, you know, sort of thing. But, but right before they do that, they do this nice little bridge and it's. It's just a like it's delightful that they can like just drop that in, you know. too and this is, is you know as i said in the beginning we were like what the fuck the rolling stones and i kind of hated this song when it first came out and it's become one of my favorite songs on outcome the wolves now because i don't know i don't know if that's, that's like, such a that's such a teenager thing like, it is it's such a that's such a like oh this band that obviously has those influences right uh, reminds me of this sort of stuff that i'm officially not supposed to like so i don't i i oh i'm gonna scoff at that I totally know that feeling. I, I didn't have it with this song exactly, but I totally, I've done just as much dumb sort of like simplifications of, you know, my yeah. little slice of rock is different than this little slice of rock. Right. Like, oh, and there's, and there's, I mean, and there's plenty of bands that, I mean, hell, I, you know, when I was 15 or 16, you wouldn't have caught me dead listening to the fucking Rolling Stones, but yeah. I'll throw on the Rolling Stones. Now, right, that's fine. You whatever. Know. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, but yeah, it, it is a very teenage thing, but I, I don't know but it's it's such a it's just a good song it's and, a great one um yeah and it's well there'll be plenty of episodes about outcome the wolves outcome the wolves is the more i listen to it like closely and dig, like dig into it more thinking about things in a more i don't know deep just way be more critical and yeah reflexive on it's it, just yeah. like fuck it is a yeah, great it's deserved like the, the hype is deserved you know like and it's and i and i and i and this is a great example of it because it's you know it doesn't even it doesn't feel like a punk record to me 
Like it feels just like a rock record, which is like, maybe that's not a big distinction, but it, it kind of goes back. I wish I remember who it was on Twitter who said it, that like Rancid is one of the great American rock bands of the last 30 years. Like, fuck, they're one of the great punk bands, like one of the great, and it's just, yeah. and this, and this record, it, I mean, th- that's your thesis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. This would be the record you'd, you'd base yeah. that on 100%. Right. This is their big rock kind of, it, it's interesting because like they weren't totally playing the, the sorts of places they'd be playing on this tour yeah but it's almost written in a way to to resonate better in those big you know those big festivals and going all over the world you know like it's like they knew you know yeah yeah exactly like i mean obviously there was a lot of people a lot of attention around them right around that time but yeah kind of interesting that they yeah they kind of took the bet on like yeah maybe we can get a little bigger with these songs right (laughs) um or maybe it just naturally happened i don't know yeah it'd be interesting to find out but it's a good pick and it's this is another one of the ones where it's just like, I hope everybody just goes back and spins through this one a couple of times and, and realizes how fun it is and how yeah. there's a little bit more going on that's tricking you into like a lot more emotional response than you think. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. I think that's good. Um, now we get to do maybe my favorite part of each episode and get to reveal your pick for next week. Yeah. I, I honestly... I had a hard time this week, but because I feel like this is very cliche and where you might expect me to go, but I think it is time for Rats in the Hallway. Oh, shit. Wow. <laughs> okay. Gonna go back in time to Rancid's first record. Man, yeah. Yeah, I kept wondering when that, when it was like, all right, when are we gonna get to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, interesting. Sort of, like, it, like, in utero. Yeah. You know, that way. It's, it's like, it's like, pre-rancid i know that's the thing it's like i i think i well i'm not gonna but it's it's hard is it a rancid record i don't know exactly yeah it's um all right i think that's uh thank you for listening as always you can find us online at rancid pod on twitter and instagram um yeah hope you all have a great week sam i will talk to you later, later bud. Yeah.